Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, depending on where and when this finds you, but I can only hope that this finds you well. Welcome to the Perspective House podcast. I'm hoping that you can hear something today that shifts your perspective and perhaps a little bit of wisdom that you can take and apply in a practical sense to your life. Okay, welcome back to yet again another installment of the podcast. I believe if my uh, my uh, if my counting is still is, is still good, this should be the tenth episode, and I am personally just really grateful that I've been able to do this for even as long as I've done this. <laughs> Not to say it's proved challenging, but it's definitely taken. Uh, a good level of commitment to keep putting out work in such a manner. So if you've been listening all this while, if you're coming here for the very first time, you are absolutely welcome. And if you're obviously, you know, not new to this, thank you again for coming back. I'm hoping that you are sharing this podcast with someone that you know. I'm hoping you can share it with your friends, with your family, with whoever you think needs to hear this, you know. So however you choose to share it, that's entirely dependent on you. But I'm hoping that this is something that's adding value your life and you're able at the same time to share it with the people within your community and your space so this week's episode i'm sure by now you've seen the title the title simply just says counterfeits and the reason for that i was listening to the podcast from the last week and there's something that i said in that particular podcast that i felt was not necessarily true um, and the reason I say was not necessarily true, not to say I told a lie, not at all, but I expressed an idea and I felt that if unchecked, possibly someone could take that idea alone. And when they apply it to their life, the end result would not be something for me that I feel would be healthy. So I felt it was necessary to revisit that particular statement. If you hadn't or if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to do so. It's available here on our channel. You will find it listed um, among the episodes. It should be episode nine. So, yeah, so I felt that, you know, I needed to come back and revisit that particular idea. And for me, this is so critical because in sharing um, truth or in sharing perspectives, I also believe it's important to question the fruit of something that you share with someone. So sometimes you could tell someone in good faith and in, you know, and you're well-meaning, you tell them, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. And perhaps without necessarily considering what fruit that will bear in them, you know, sometimes you don't really have to be pressured to tell someone that it's going to be okay. Perhaps what they need in that moment is, you know what, this sounds very terrible and I'm so sorry that you're going through this. You know, that way they are validated, they are seen in the midst of the struggle because sometimes I notice there's a bias and this is just for example's sake, there's a bias to kind of quickly want to tell people it's going to be okay when we ourselves don't know how it's going to be okay. How about just acknowledge that where they are is very real, you know, not to say that they ought to stay there, but I feel that, you know, we ought to be able to question the root of some of the things that we do say and some of the things that we do share with people. So I felt that was necessary to say, and perhaps someone was able to even relate with the example. Remember, something that I'm always emphasizing and highlighting on this particular podcast is there's going to be something that you can take away that's practical. So even as you begin to listen to this week's episode, 
just begin to ask yourself what that thing or what that one word is for you that you heard and you immediately said, I need to apply this into my life. This isn't supposed to be, you know, something that's long and such grand and deep uh, conversations, but it's supposed to be uh, insightful, engaging and very, very practical. So look out for that one thing that you can, you know, for a fact, you can take and apply to your life and you'll be able to see results or at least you'll be able to apply what you've heard immediately. Okay, so that was our introduction as to why we're having this episode. So let me just go back. I said something in kind of explaining some of the ideas I shared last weekend. I said something in the lines of, I believe that eventually doing leads to becoming, right? And on the surface of that statement, there is to a certain level truth that is within it because I believe the more you do something, you know, the better you become at that thing. But I thought of this conversation in terms of our identity. So no. So to say doing leads to becoming, I felt perhaps maybe that wasn't necessarily true. And the reason I'm saying this is because I believe that in anything or in any pursuit or any endeavor that we attempt to have, it's always important to, first of all, have a good understanding, not only of who we are, that means our identity, but even the foundation upon which our identity rests. And I, in kind of thinking about this, I realized that there are some things which a lot of people leave unexamined. That means they don't question what really their identity has been founded on or some of the things upon which their identity rests. And I thought about four things which, based on my personal life, I realized have been the counterfeits for my identity. And the reason why we're having this conversation is because We've been talking a lot about just, you know, doing, getting into action, do it afraid. You know, there's been a lot of conversations that have been prompting you to act on something, you to act on an idea, you to pursue a certain path. And I realize that as much as all of that is good, we also need to be able to ask the question, how or in, in what way do you view yourself? What's your identity as you're pursuing these things? You know, from what place, you know, within yourself, are you doing these things? You know, so I felt this was a necessary conversation. So I recognized four things, which to me proved to be counterfeits. And I'm going to share those things and perhaps begin to break down why those things for me are counterfeits when it comes to even our identity. We've already kind of explained why I feel that doing, you know, saying doing leads to becoming might not necessarily be true when we speak of identity. And so even on just that one thing, I feel that a lot of people, you know, begin to have an identity based on the things that they've, they've either they're doing or things that they've done. And I'm going to share a personal experience. Uh, in the year 2012, I enrolled into my first university experience that was Bulungushi University. And I was studying a bachelor's uh, of, I was studying to get a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship. And I remember kind of beginning on this journey, not really convinced I should be in that space because it was never my first choice. Uh, and in case you're wondering what was my first choice, I also don't know. Uh, at least I didn't know then. <laughs> you know, my mind was just open to suggestions. And my father, uh, my very African father, suggested, right? I think the wise are able to discern. He, he suggested entrepreneurship. 
And I remember kind of going through the motions, attending the classes and really not having a passion or any, even any zeal. And I, I look back at that experience and it's almost funny because what at the time is something that maybe did not speak to me greatly speaks to me more now. But anyway, I went through that experience and eventually uh, not, well, there was this, the aspect that I wasn't interested in what I was doing at the time. But there were also other things that were happening in my personal life that eventually resulted to me being excluded from the program for poorly performing in my grades. And I remember that really was a painful experience, telling my parents, or even in this case, my father, who had paid a significant amount of money to a school that was um, one of, I could say, I, I can definitely say this, one of the more expensive ones at the time. You know, we have CBU here in Zambia and we have the University of Zambia, which offers um, uh, which offers sort of scholarships or bursaries to people who wish to uh, study there. So, you know, I remember some of my relatives asking questions like, why didn't you just send them to one of these institutions where he can get a bursary and you, would, you wouldn't have to pay as much as you're paying at Malungush University. So telling my parents was not exactly a fun experience. It was a it was it was hard. You know, their reaction to this day is kind of seared in my mind, not because it was extreme, but because it was entirely different from anything I'd ever seen. But I'm sharing this story because that being excluded from my second year of study um, and eventually beginning to look for other opportunities and where else I was going to go, um, kind of, I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but the failure of that experience stayed with me. And not sure maybe because of a lack of knowledge or even just have not having the right people to speak to you know i never properly processed and dealt with what was you know the fact is i had felt i was home all of my friends at the time had just started and enrolled into cbu unza or left the country and i remember just wanting to leave and go far far away to a place where nobody perhaps even knew me or where i was unreachable right and you know, this idea of I failed and I'm a failure kind of just stayed with me and it kind of carried on for a very long time uh, into other things. And I'm saying this because I realized that, you know, a lot of people have done things. A lot of people have suffered. Um, a lot of people have suffered failures. A lot of people have made mistakes, even perhaps when they were younger. Many people have been hurt. You know, many people have uh, have choices today that they still regret. Many people have, you know, they've done things, you know, whether that's in the past or even now, like they've done a lot of things and they've been hurt. And I realized that for a lot of us, we look at the circumstance and out of the circumstance, we birth an identity saying, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And, you know, I know people who have made huge mistakes that have resulted in costing not just themselves, but their families' lives, bringing other people into the, into the mix as well. And they, every day, carry around the shame and the pain and the regret of that choice and have made an identity of that experience. Uh, if you're listening to this and if you're such a person, you know, one, I want you to understand that someone said this to me recently and I greatly appreciate this. They said, failure is an event. It's not who you are, right? So the past, it, it happened, but it's not who you are. You know, it was there. The hurt was very real. 
but it doesn't define who you are. You know, I suffered something that was really painful last year and I'm thankful because, you know, I was restored out of that experience. And even looking back now, I understand that my pain or what I suffered did not define who I am. Thank God for the restoration, right? But there was a huge temptation to kind of just dwell and sit on that place. And it had to take an, a power greater than myself to kind of pull me out of that. And I'll get into what exactly maybe that power looks like. So I realized one of the counterfeits, and I hope this has been something you understood, is, you know, things that we do, things we've done, and, you know, things in the past or even things in the present that we're doing, kind of, if we're not careful, not, in fact, it's not even about if we're not careful, just living life, it'll want to become what defines us. And it doesn't help that people often look at us through the lens of maybe where we've been, the things that we've done, you know, the things that we said, and they look, oh, that's your identity. Right, so one, that's a counterfeit. If you're listening to this, the good news is that's a counterfeit. It's not who you really are. And I'm gonna get into the definition of identity probably after I share some of these counterfeits. The second one that I realize, and it's very easy to kind of place ourselves here, we look at, you know, one of the counterfeits I recognize is, is people, right? We are very relational beings. We love community, we love our family. And I realize that a lot of us have placed a huge bearing on the people within our circles or within our space to be what gives us an identity. For some of us, it's the people in romantic relationships, you know, and I speak like this because this is something that I've gotten to see a bit more now. And I remember kind of coming out of high school and having this serious desperation to get into a relationship. And I felt that me being in the, that relationship was going to be the most fulfilling thing in the world. It was going to be the best thing in the world. You know, fun fact, you know, all throughout high school, I never had a uh, any person who I was with through high school. If anybody claims that, uh, probably very misinformed, <laughs> but I never was with anyone. So when I left high school, the pressure was kind of on to be with someone. It felt like I'd been missing out on something. It felt like my life wasn't complete because I hadn't had a girlfriend or I hadn't kissed a girl, you know, so it was like the pressure was on and I was looking for an opportunity to get into a relationship to kind of find fulfillment and be like, ah, finally, here I am. And people could also mean even just people you hang out with. I don't know if you know, but people introduce themselves in weird ways. They'd be like, yeah, this one time I was with, uh, think of any famous person, you know, they're like, I was with such and such a person. They are deriving their quote unquote fulfillment or trying to gain some type of uh, some type of maybe respect or even honor because they rubbed shoulders with someone that's famous. But for me, that's not identity. It's a counterfeit. And the reason for that is very simple. You know, people are always changing circumstances with people are always changing even beyond our own control. You know, so for me, it's like you can't place your identity and I'll just, you know, on things that are either have happened in the past Things that are happening in the present, which are bound to change, or even people who are bound to change in circumstances with people, constantly, constantly change, right? Moving on to the next counterfeit, I feel for me is accomplishments. And I speak like this, and I remember someone saying, one of the greatest enemies of growth is success. Because in your success, you get comfortable. Ah, you know what? I, I did this back in 2018. And I did this back in 2018. And because of that experience, we have an identity. 
And once the success leaves us, it now becomes difficult to find who we really are past or, you know, after we've, we're no longer as successful, you know, when we're no longer in the same space and maybe I could marry accomplishments, you know, and success to even belongings. I think these two are pretty close, right? Cause that's, that was the fourth counterfeit that I recognized, you know, when we don't have the things that we have, or we, we even have, we look to them and say, this is who I am. When we don't have, we're like, oh, you know, I'm broke. I guess this is who I am. It's the poor kid from this background. Or when we have a lot of it, we're like, oh yeah, you know I me, mean? we got money. Like we, we're comfortable and we build an identity out of that. But what happens again, and I spoke on these things are constantly changing. So therefore, whether that's in the past or in the present, like circumstances are bound to change. Success that was there 10 years ago does not look the same now. You know, and it's not going to look the same in the future. And automatically that's a counterfeit. But I realize that people fall into the trap. They fall into the trap of believing these things can give them an identity, a great sense of fulfillment of who and what they are. And so I'm going to pause there and offer you perhaps a, a moment of reflection to think about maybe places in your life where you've derived a sense of fulfillment, you know, or even a sense of like, oh man, I'm really doing it. You know, I, I'm this person because I'm doing A, B, C, and D. You know, I'm killing it because I know these few people. Or I'm this person because I have these things, right? You know, so for me, and or maybe it's like I'm such a terrible person because I did such things in my past. I'll speak on this and perhaps not get into the details. I struggled with an addiction for a very long time. And one of the things that you get to learn very quickly when you struggle with an addiction for a long time is that because you do the thing, you believe you are the thing, right? So your entire identity is wrapped up in this thing that you consistently do, right? And so we've been talking about getting forward, doing actions. So for me, it's important that even as you're pursuing the path, you are just starting or you are looking to, you know, grow. You're looking to be powerful in the process. It's also important that your identity is not found in what you're doing or even maybe perhaps the things that have happened or things haven't worked, or even maybe the places that you have failed. And so let me read what identity is, and perhaps I'll answer the question, you know, how then do you embrace your true, and I guess what, at least for me, what I feel is a real source of identity, right? So the dictionary defines identity in such a manner. It says the fact of being who or what a person or thing is the the key word for me there has to be the fact of being you know like i don't think it's the fact of doing it's the fact of having it's the fact of being and i believe one of the ways that we can fully be is simply believe and so i'm going to read a quote and maybe perhaps you know begin to get into this idea of believing so this i, I came across this uh just this morning and so it simply says spiritual identity means we are not what we do or what people say about us and we are not what we have we are beloved sons and daughters of god that's by a man called henry uh Nguyen. i believe i hope i pronounced that right i am a man of faith and i believe that the only true and the greatest source of identity is god and so you know, you could not believe this. And this platform, you know, I speak in such a manner that this is not being forced onto you. But I firmly believe and I'm convinced because of my faith and any of the truths that I've shared in the past stem from my source, right? 
So I believe that one, the only consistent and the a stable source of identity is God. He's the only one who can really affirm us in every place, you know, in, and he's the only one who can redeem us in any place that we've ever struggled. A lot of people have not fully embraced this idea because they constantly look at what they've done, the things that they're doing. And it's hard to believe that he still considers me his child, right? And so for me, it's like, how do I then believe that I, that, you know, how do I then embrace this identity of I'm a child of God? You simply just have to believe. I spoke about having struggled with an, an addiction for a long time. And perhaps maybe you have a habit or a pattern that you've noticed that's consistent in your life and that you've struggled with and you haven't experienced freedom. That means your ability to choose whether or not you do that thing is not something you have. That's definitely what it looks like not to be free. And one of the things that I realized brought incredible freedom to me is starting to believe what God said about me. So that means in the moments when I did the terrible thing and I made horrible conclusions about me, say, you're a terrible man. How could you do this? You know, in those moments, I had to speak on what God said about me, right? I said, I am a good man. You know, I like I am a good man, like I'm loved, like I'm say I'm actually safe, you know, like I'm actually good, you know, and out of believing that I was good, I was a son and I was a daughter began. It, it kind of started now creating in me the habits or even the things that I desired and even pursuing with a good motive some of the things that I already was doing. Because in those instances, when I didn't believe I was good, I was doing things, but it was never with the right motive. It was never with an understanding that I'm doing this because one, I'm, I'm already loved, you know, like I am already loved. So some people are looking, and I mentioned one of the counterfeits being people, some people are looking to other human beings to kind of bring fulfillment to them. But what you need to understand is that you are already loved. Anybody who's grown up in a home with either one parent or, you know, if you're blessed to have two, when you kind of come you don't come to the realization that you belong in that house or that person is your parent by doing anything. You just know it within you. You just are convinced that this is who I am. I don't have to ask, hey, are you really sure? Do we need to go for a, te a test? So I believe for me, one of the best ways you embrace an identity is you have to believe it. You really have to believe it with every fiber and every inch of your being. You have to believe it. And one of the best ways I think you believe it is you begin to speak it about yourself. Some people have been through a lot, and this is not even therapy, but some of the ways that I overcame this mindset of being a failure is one just beginning to be very transparent with people and begin to speak on myself and say, hey, you know what? This isn't who I am. That was an event. It happened. And I can speak on it confidently now, but I'm not that thing. Some people, unfortunately, will always look at me in the light of maybe my past or the things that I've done, but that's, I don't have to stay confined to anyone's uh, view or perspective. Someone very special to me posted on, on their WhatsApp. They said like, you know, like, and I might have this wrong, but the idea was like, it's not my business what other people think. Like their perspective of me, it's not my business. And when we make it our business, then we're not investing enough time to focus on what's really important to us. So I hope this has been at least offered you points of reflection. You know, I hope it's offered you something to sit with in your quiet time. 
and really begin to ask, have I believed counterfeits? What really is my identity? You may not be a person of faith like I am, but you need to begin to ask yourself because some of, not some, all these things that I've talked about are constantly changing, but I'm convinced that the God who I serve is unchanging, right? So I hope these things have given you an opportunity to reflect, to think on what really anchors your identity. You know, what really kind of holds or is the foundation of your identity? Because it's if it's the things that you're doing or it's the past that you lived or it's the things that you own or it's the success or the accomplishments or it's simply people, these things are bound to change. And I hope you don't get to a place where you have to start, you know, trying to fix things. And this is an opportunity. It's an invitation, really, to reconsider, to kind of begin to readjust some things, to believe that you're actually good. You're great. You know, you don't have to do anything just because you need to prove a point to anyone, to any man, to any person, to any, um, uh, I don't know, whoever it is, you, you don't have to do it because you have to prove a point. You're doing it because you're genuinely a good person. So I spoke in a very interesting way, but I hope that this was um, enlightening for you. I hope that this encouraged you. I hope that this, you know, got you thinking, you know, got you just to reflect and, you know, got you to think on your life. I hope it, you take some time to go sit down and really begin to ask, have I believed counterfeits? Have I believed counterfeits? So that was my time. That is all I had for you this week. I'm excited for next week's podcast, which is kind of already on the way. Uh, so again, share this with someone. If this was really helpful for you, share it with your community, share it with your church, your work environment, whoever needs to hear this, just put it out there so that more people can have access to such great resources. Otherwise, until next week, it's goodbye for now. <music>